In 1918, the United States was involved in World War II. The enemy was overseas. However, there was a silent enemy that was working inside this country that forced the closing of schools, theaters, churches, and in every place where people would normally gather. In one month, 195,000 citizens died, making it one of the most deadly months in history. That enemy was influenza. The influenza panic lasted over a year, 15 months, some say, spreading throughout the world, infecting 50 million and there were fatalities of 3 to 5% within the global community. The recovery among the United States especially was slow and painful. It's not surprising that we should see the same thing happening today. Our nation is struggling with the same kind of despair and darkness. Hundreds of thousands are infected and the death rate is similar to that of the influenza outbreak in 1918. Our country is plunged into a time of darkness, hopelessness, and despair. The solution is difficult because cooperation across the country is lacking. People have lost hope. Hope in the leaders who can't seem to work together to restore sanity and healing. It's tempting to look for easy solutions, but these do not exist. Yes, but we have vaccines, and in a few months, most Americans will be vaccinated. But the efficacy of that will not remove the darkness that has settled into our country. The problem is that we have lost a sense of community. The narcissism and self-centeredness of much of the population works against the possibility of caring for one another. There is a tendency of many within the Christian community, a tendency to equate political agendas with true spirituality. These are uniquely separate things and must not be converged into something that is a hodgepodge of belief systems. This morning, as we look to the Gospel of John, there is a true light that gives hope and focus for our life together. The focus is not on specific behaviors, although these are important, but our behavior and our life together are empowered with our relationship with Christ that leads to stability in our life together. The Apostle John writes in his epistle, This is the measure that we have heard, message that we have heard from the beginning and proclaim to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. In the prologue of his gospel, John identifies the true light that was coming into a dark and broken world. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. It's easy to be overwhelmed with the current circumstances of life. People have become infected with a virus, and many of them are dying. Scores of people have lost their jobs. Those on the edges of poverty are overwhelmed and desperate. The true light that John shows us is not a program, but a person. Jesus Christ is the light. He's the light of the world and our hope for the future. Anything that is substituted in his place is inadequate to accomplish what is necessary to heal a broken world, a broken country. Our only real hope for the world is the transformation of the hearts of people. 
the one who has before all things took upon himself human flesh in the incarnation. The gospel is our real hope. The transformation that takes place in the lives of those who seem helpless, the gospel becomes a transforming agency. Look at the life of a man who was powerful and dominant in his position, a great leader within his own people. He had defined his mission to do away with those who were committed to following Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But on that day when a powerful light of Christ shone upon him and brought him to his knees, his life was being transformed. And Paul, the zealous Pharisee, became a servant of Jesus Christ. He identified himself later as a slave of Jesus Christ. When we are confronted with reality and see ourselves as hopeless and needy, living lives that only have temporary meaning, the Holy speaks words of truth into our hearts and those who are faithful servants of God. When we respond to the gospel with faltering and unsure ways, we find that Christ is the true light and we find salvation that only he can provide. It is a mystery and a humbling and joyful reality. We are becoming like Christ since we are united with him by faith. It is not our dim light that cannot overcome the darkness and despair. It is the radiant, glorious light of Christ that darkness and despair of the world cannot overcome. Nothing can overcome that darkness. One of the most powerful liturgical experiences for me is the time in the Easter Vigil when the whole sanctuary is in darkness, overwhelmed, something happens. By the light and the shout, with increasing joy, the shout is, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He has broken the bonds of death for us. This is a transforming moment in the reality. The light of the risen Christ comes sometimes more quietly, but observed with the same power. Sometimes it comes in different ways, ways that we'd not expect. One of my friends, who's since gone to be with the Lord, with whom I sang in many concerts together, he shared with me how the light of Christ came to him. He was a medic in World War II. When he was on a troop ship coming home, he didn't have much to do. It was a very boring trip. So lying in his bunk, he began to read through the New Testament that had given many of the soldiers by the Gideons. His heart and mind were illumined by reading the scripture, and he turned in faith in the quietness of that bunk to give his life to Jesus Christ, and his life was significantly changed. I watched his silent, quiet, humble ministry to so many people because his life had been changed. Unfortunately, many see the government as the hope for recovery and transformation. No matter what political persuasion you take, you soon realize that you cannot depend upon the federal government to solve problems. Government problems tend to barely meet the needs of some. Sometimes on the margins of society, people are neglected. No wonder they feel invisible. When a person holds out their hands for help and they come to realize that their hands are really empty. But there is a certain hope and it is personal. It takes place through the lives of 
people who live out a life of faith and share their lives and their experience of Christ with others. Those who focus in that way become really what I would call signposts, pointing people to Jesus Christ. Now John was aware that it's not easy for people to look, to him. it was aware that it was easy for people to look to him for hope. John the baptizer, the other John, was a powerful preacher of repentance, but he wanted to remind them that he was not the source of real hope. He said, I am not the Christ. Our unity with Christ fills us with light. What does that look like? What personal and corporate actions are a consequence of being filled with the light of Christ? Paul writes to the Galatians, for as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Put on Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That light is in us through faith and reflected in our relationship, service, and devotion to fulfill God's ministry in our lives. God has given us by his spirit gifts to be used for the service to all of those around us. Among the many gifts that God gives is this gentle, wonderful, powerful gift of hospitality that God uses to bring hope and help to others. I'm reminded of one of the women that I met in one of the congregations that I served. She was a simple and generous woman who saw it as her mission in life to share the light of Christ with those who had been rejected by their own families. She shared her home with young women who were pregnant outside of marriage and whose families had been so ashamed that they dismissed them from their family home. Susan took them in and nurtured them, showed them how to care for their babies, then often she would care for the little ones while these women went out to find good employment so they could support themselves. She was not a woman of great wealth. She had sufficient to share her life with women. She lived in a simple home that was willed to her by her parents. When she had come on one particular day from visiting with one of the young women that she had ministered to, she didn't have a car, so she was waiting at the bus stop when she fell to the ground and died. At the funeral service in the church, there were several women that I had not recognized. At the reception following the funeral service, I introduced myself and asked about their relationship with Susan. They identified themselves as some of the women that Susan had nurtured. She had reflected the life of Christ in an especially powerful way when it was shown in silent service of simple hospitality. She had invested her life in the lives of these women. They had understood the light that she was showing them and responded in faith to Christ. C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, and let me make it quite clear that when Christians say that Christ's life is in them, they do not mean something mental or moral. When they speak of being in Christ, or of Christ being in them, this is not a way of saying that they are thinking about Christ or copying him. They are saying that Christ is actually working through them, that the whole mass of Christians are his organization through which Christ acts, that we are his fingers, his muscles, the cells of his body. 
This is not to say that we do not have the capacity of going our own way and deciding that the good work that we do is always his work. And while it may be his work, it may be done with the wrong motives. But when we do God's work in his way and time, it is successful. The light of Christ is a source of strength in our family life. But to take the mantle of public service, even in ministry, that results in neglecting our primary duty to marriage and family life reflects darkness, not light. I know that this personally. For years I traveled to lead family conferences. Jan was at home caring for the children by herself. She never complained about the pressure that my absence has placed on her. On one particular Sunday as I arrived home in mid-afternoon, we met for a few minutes and then I remembered that the church to which we belonged at an evening service. Without thinking of our family, I decided to attend the evening service. I remember well what happened. It was a humbling experience. I was standing in the narthex before I went into the church. The pastor came by. He knew I'd been away teaching. <clears throat> he and I talked about my schedule and my ministry. He said, why are you here? What are you doing here? I, I don't remember what I answered, but he said to me, this is not the place for you to be. You do not belong here tonight. Go home. Huh. Well, this is a humbling experience for me. But the importance of that rebuke was needed. He showed me that what I thought was primary reflected a darkness in me. Because it's easy to be self-deceived. The fact is that bearing the light of Christ necessitates a self-reflective and disciplined life. To have this disciplined life means the importance of being thoughtful and prayerful to develop what is called a rule of Christ, a life that is balanced. Bishop Andrew, who oversees all of the diocese, is requiring of all of those who serve under his authority to develop a rule of life. Like a good pastor of shepherds, he will call us individually to share with him the rule of life that we have developed. It's important. I would encourage all of us to develop a rule of life. This rule of life involves our prayer life, our study, our meditation on scripture, our attention to time spent with family and personal relationships. We all have the same 168 hours in a week. It's important to be thoughtful and prayerful about the way we invest this time. As we look ahead, we have a clear picture of what our public life will look like. We don't know exactly what our corporate life as a body of believers will look like in the future. It seems clear that in the near term, there are many unknowns. However, there are certainties that we can count on. We know that there is a call in our lives as Christians to bear witness to our faith both publicly and privately. We know that our fellowship with one another is essential in small family groups for worship and celebration of the word and sacrament. We know that the shape of our service is empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's a certainty that we can count on. So we hear the word of God. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are with us in all things and you've promised to guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lead us as light bearers to touch the lives of those who need hope from despair and discouragement. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.